Chapter fifteen of On Respiration in Parva Naturalia by Aristotle. Translated by William Alexander Hammond. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Geoffrey Edwards. Chapter fifteen. The reason why animals with lungs can take in air and respire especially such as have lungs well filled with blood is to be found in the fact that the lungs are porous and filled with tubes the lungs contain more blood than any other organ in what we call the viscera animals whose lungs are abundantly supplied with blood need rapid refrigeration because of the delicate balancing of the natural heat and because the cooling process must penetrate through the entire interior owing to the great supply of blood and heat air can easily meet both these demands for owing to its rarity it rapidly penetrates everywhere and effects cooling this is not true of water it is also plain from this why it is that animals which have lungs well filled with blood breathe best it is due to the fact that the warmer the nature the greater is the need of cooling and at the same time that the air fills the lungs it passes readily to the original source of animal heat in the heart chapter sixteen the way in which a passage is made between heart and lungs must be studied through dissection and in the history of animals animal nature in general needs cooling because of the vital fire in the heart this is accomplished by means of respiration excepting in those cases where animals are provided with a heart only but no lungs when they have a heart but no lungs as is the case in fishes whose natural abode is water cooling is attained by water through the use of the gills in regard to the relative positions of heart and gills one must study them ocularly in dissection and their nicer philosophy in the history of animals to give a summary description however the case is as follows one might suppose that the position of the heart in land and aquatic animals was different as a matter of fact it is the same in both for the direction in which the animal's head naturally inclines is the direction in which the heart's apex is turned but inasmuch as the heads of land animals do not incline in the same direction as those of aquatic animals the heart's apex in the latter case is turned towards the mouth a sinewy vein-like tube extends from the extremity of the heart to a central point where all the gills are united this is the largest of all the tubes but there are others on each side of the heart which extend to the several extremities of the gills whereby cooling is produced and transmitted to the heart the water being constantly piped through the gills the rapid swelling and falling motion of the thorax in inhaling and exhaling air serves the same purpose in respiring animals that the movement of gills does in fishes respiring animals suffocate in a small quantity of air that remains unchanged for each medium water as well as air soon becomes hot and contact with the blood heats them when however the blood becomes hot the process of cooling is impeded also when respiring animals become unable to inflate their lungs or aquatic animals to move their gills 
whether owing to disease or to the weakness of old age their end must be at hand chapter seventeen birth and death are phenomena common to all animals although there are specific differences in their modes of occurrence death is not everywhere the same although in its varied forms there is a common element death ensues from violence or from the ordinary course of nature death is violent when due to an external cause natural when due to internal processes the latter conforms to the original organic structure and is not an adventitious condition in plants this process is called decay in animals senility death and decay attach to all organisms alike that are complete and to the incomplete also but in a different way under incomplete i understand such things as eggs and seeds of plants which as yet have not taken root death is caused in all things by lack of heat in complete organisms by its failure in that part where the vital principle is lodged this principle is lodged as we said above in the middle region where the upper and lower parts are conjoined in plants it is the point at which stem and root unite in sanguineous animals it is the heart in bloodless animals in an organ analogous to the heart in some of the bloodless animals we find many vital centres potentially though not actually for this reason certain insects when divided continue to live and such sanguineous animals as are not highly organised live a considerable time after the removal of the heart as is true of tortoises tortoises continue to move their feet so long as their shell is not removed because their organisation is of a lower order resembling in this respect the insects the vital principle succumbs in its possessor when the heat which is its accompaniment is not reduced by cooling for otherwise as we have often remarked it is consumed by its own agency when therefore the lungs or gills respectively become hardened or dried up and earthy through lapse of time it is impossible for these organs to function to dilate and contract and finally when a further demand is made upon them the fire of life is extinguished consequently death quickly ensues in old age even on the appearance of trivial ailments this is due to the fact that there is little heat left in old age most of it having been exhaled in a long life and if any extra strain is put upon the lungs life is speedily quenched for the fire within being now but a tiny feeble flame is extinguished by a slight movement that is also the reason why death in old age is painless for death comes to the aged with no element of violence in it rather the dissolution of the soul occurs quite without their feeling it diseases which make the lungs hard whether by tubercles or deposits or by excessive morbid heat as in fevers produce an acceleration of the breathing because the lungs are incapable of full expansion and contraction and finally when motion is no longer possible men exhale their breath and die chapter eighteen birth then is the original suffusion of the nutritive soul with heat and life is the maintenance of this heat youth is commensurate with the growth of the primary organ of cooling old age with the wasting of the organ and the prime of life with the middle period between the two 
death and violent destruction mean respectively the exhaustion and extinction of the vital heat for it is destroyed from both causes exhaustion is given in the nature of the thing itself and is caused by lapse of time and by the completion of a normal term of life in plants this is called decay in animals death death in old age is due to the exhaustion of the organism that comes from senile inability to effect cooling we have now explained the meaning of birth life and death and have treated the causes of these phenomena in animals chapter nineteen from these considerations one may clearly see why it is that respiring animals are suffocated in water while fishes are suffocated in the air for in one case cooling is effected by the medium of water in the other by that of air and both of them are deprived of this by the change in their place of abode we have further to explain the movement in gills and lungs respectively exhalation and inhalation in the one case and the admission and discharge of water in the other we have also to explain the structure of the organ of respiration in what follows chapter twenty there are three phenomena regarding the heart which might be supposed to have the same nature but are different viz palpitation pulsation and respiration now palpitation is a compression of heat in the heart owing to cooling in other parts of the body produced by excretion or waste such as we see in the disease called palpitation of the heart as well as in other diseases and in fear also in fear the upper regions of the body are cold and their heat is discharged and collected in the heart where palpitation is caused and the heat being thus compressed into a small space it sometimes happens that animals are suffocated and die from fear and its morbid conditions the phenomenon of pulsation however that occurs in the heart and which as we see is a constant process is similar to the throbbing in an abscess in the latter the movement is painful owing to abnormal change in the blood this process continues to a point where the blood is concocted and converted into pus the condition is analogous to boiling for boiling takes place when water is evaporated by heat and it bubbles up owing to its increase in volume the development of abscesses is arrested when the pus is not evaporated and the liquid becomes very thick the process in boiling is arrested when the confining vessel is overflowed the supply of moisture derived from food and its expansion through heat produces pulsation in the heart the expansion extending to the heart's outer covering and this is a constant process for the flow of fluid to the heart out of which the blood is generated is constant it is in the heart that blood is first formed one can observe this plainly in the growth of an embryo for before the veins are distinguishable the heart is seen to contain blood pulsation for this reason is more marked in youth than in old age for the process of evaporation is stronger in youth the blood vessels all pulsate and they do so simultaneously for they are all connected with the heart and originate in it the heart however is in constant motion 
so too the blood vessels are in constant motion and simultaneously with each other as long as the heart moves palpitation then is a reaction in the heart due to the compression of heat by the cooling of other parts of the body pulsation is the evaporation of the moist element as it becomes heated chapter twenty one respiration is due to the increase of the heated element in which the nutritive principle is lodged as all other bodily elements need maintenance so does this element of vital heat and even in a greater degree than the others for it is the source of maintenance for the other elements when it is increased it necessarily expands the organ in which it is found one must conceive the structure of this organ to resemble a brazier's bellows for neither lungs nor heart differ very much from a form such as is illustrated by a bellows both are double the nutritive principle must be situated in the centre of the vital power the lungs then increase and expand and by expanding the part in which they are lodged must also expand we see this when we respire for the thorax is then expanded because the inherent principle in this part is expanded owing to this expansion as one sees in the bellows cold air must be introduced from without and by its cooling effect the excess of internal heat is lowered but just as the organ was expanded owing to the increase of heat so now it necessarily contracts when the heat is diminished and by contracting the air which was inhaled is again discharged air that was cold when admitted but warm when discharged owing to contact with the heat inherent in the organ especially in the case of animals whose lungs are well filled with blood the air enters through a mass of pipes canals as it were with which the lungs are provided and blood vessels extend alongside each of these pipes so that the entire lung appears to be filled with blood the admission of air is termed inspiration and its discharge expiration the process of respiration is continuous so long as life and this organic motion continue life therefore is given in the processes of inspiration and expiration the movement of the gills in fishes is produced in the same way for by the expansion of the blood's heat in its course through the members the gills are lifted and water passes through when on the other hand the heat retreats to the heart through the channels and cooling is effected the gills are lowered and the water passes out the expansion of the heart's heat is constant and its readmission when cooled is constant and so in animals provided with lungs life and death are ultimately conditioned by respiration and in fishes by the admission of water this then is a statement of our views of life and death and of almost all the questions germane to them it is the province not only of the physician but also of the natural philosopher up to a certain point to discuss questions of health and disease we must not however forget how these two classes of men differ and how they regard a subject from different points of view although experience shows that both professions are to a certain extent at least conterminous for the better educated and more painstaking physicians are conversant with the laws of nature 
and deem it correct to derive their principles of practice from this source while the best trained philosophers of nature almost always conclude with a discussion of the principles of medicine end of chapter twenty one end of on respiration and end of parva naturalia by aristotle translated by william alexander hammond meta coordinated by joe proof listened by guedo read by geoffrey edwards recording in memory of mitchell edwards